Section fifteen of the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky, translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Book three, chapter two. Lizaveta. There was one circumstance which struck Grigory particularly and confirmed a very unpleasant and revolting suspicion this lizaveta was a dwarfish creature not five foot within a wee bit as many of the pious old women said pathetically about her after her death her broad healthy red face had a look of blank idiocy and the fixed stare in her eyes was unpleasant in spite of their meek expression she wandered about summer and winter alike barefooted wearing nothing but a hempen smock her coarse almost black hair curled like lamb's wool and formed a sort of huge cap on her head it was always crusted with mud and had leaves bits of stick and shavings clinging to it as she always slept on the ground and in the dirt her father a homeless sickly drunkard called Ilya, had lost everything and lived many years as a workman with some well-to-do tradespeople her mother had long been dead spiteful and diseased Ilya used to beat Lizaveta inhumanly whenever she returned to him, but she rarely did so, for everyone in the town was ready to look after her as being an idiot, and so specially dear to God. Ilya's employers, and many others in the town, especially of the tradespeople, tried to clothe her better, and always rigged her out with high boots and sheepskin coat for the winter but although she allowed them to dress her up without resisting she usually went away preferably to the cathedral porch and taking off all that had been given her kerchief sheepskin skirt or boots she left them there and walked away barefoot in her smock as before it happened on one occasion that a new governor of the province making a tour of inspection in our town saw lizaveta and was wounded in his tenderest susceptibilities and though he was told she was an idiot he pronounced that for a young woman of twenty to wander about in nothing but a smock was a breach of the proprieties and must not occur again but the governor went his way and lizaveta was left as she was at last her father died which made her even more acceptable in the eyes of the religious persons of the town as an orphan in fact everyone seemed to like her even the boys did not tease her and the boys of our town especially the schoolboys are a mischievous set she would walk into strange houses and no one drove her away everyone was kind to her and gave her something if she were given a copper she would take it and at once drop it in the alms jug of the church or prison if she were given a roll or bun in the market she would hand it to the first child she met sometimes she would stop one of the richest ladies in the town and give it to her and the lady would be pleased to take it she herself never tasted anything but black bread and water if she went into an expensive shop where there were costly goods or money lying about no one kept watch on her for they knew that if she saw thousands of roubles overlooked by them she would not have touched a farthing she scarcely ever went to church she slept either in the church porch or climbed over a hurdle there are many hurdles instead of fences to this day in our town into a kitchen garden 
she used at least once a week to turn up at home that is at the house of her father's former employers and in the winter went there every night and slept either in the passage or the cowhouse people were amazed that she could stand such a life but she was accustomed to it and although she was so tiny she was of a robust constitution some of the townspeople declared that she did all this only from pride but that is hardly credible she could hardly speak and only from time to time uttered an inarticulate grunt how could she have been proud it happened one clear warm moonlight night in september many years ago five or six drunken revellers were returning from the club at a very late hour according to our provincial notions they passed through the back way which led between the back gardens of the houses with hurdles on either side this way leads out on to the bridge over the long stinking pool which we were accustomed to call a river among the nettles and burdocks under the hurdle our revellers saw lizaveta asleep they stopped to look at her laughing and began jesting with unbridled licentiousness it occurred to one young gentleman to make the whimsical inquiry whether any one could possibly look upon such an animal as a woman and so forth they all pronounced with lofty repugnance that it was impossible but fyodor pavlovitch who was among them sprang forward and declared that it was by no means impossible and that indeed there was a certain piquancy about it and so on it is true that at that time he was overdoing his part as a buffoon he liked to put himself forward and entertain the company ostensibly on equal terms of course though in reality he was on a servile footing with them it was just at the time when he had received news of his first wife's death in petersburg and with crape upon his hat was drinking and behaving so shamelessly that even the most reckless among us were shocked at the sight of him the revellers of course laughed at this unexpected opinion and one of them even began challenging him to act upon it the others repelled the idea even more emphatically though still with the utmost hilarity and at last they went on their way later on fyodor pavlovitch swore that he had gone with them and perhaps it was so no one knows for certain and no one ever knew but five or six months later all the town was talking with intense and sincere indignation of lizaveta's condition and trying to find out who was the miscreant who had wronged her then suddenly a terrible rumor was all over the town that this miscreant was no other than fyodor pavlovitch who set the rumor going of that drunken band five had left the town and the only one still among us was an elderly and much respected civil councillor the father of grown-up daughters who could hardly have spread the tale even if there had been any foundation for it but rumour pointed straight at fyodor pavlovitch and persisted in pointing at him of course this was no great grievance to him he would not have troubled to contradict a set of tradespeople in those days he was proud and did not condescend to talk except in his own circle of the officials and nobles whom he entertained so well at the time grigory stood up for his master vigorously he provoked quarrels and altercations in defence of him and succeeded in bringing some people round to his side 
it's the wench's own fault he asserted and the culprit was carp a dangerous convict who had escaped from prison and whose name was well known to us as he had hidden in our town this conjecture sounded plausible for it was remembered that carp had been in the neighbourhood just at that time in the autumn and had robbed three people but this affair and all the talk about it did not estrange popular sympathy from the poor idiot she was better looked after than ever a well-to-do merchant's widow named kondratyev arranged to take her into her house at the end of april meaning not to let her go out until after the confinement they kept a constant watch over her but in spite of their vigilance she escaped on the very last day and made her way into fyodor pavlovitch's garden how in her condition she managed to climb over the high strong fence remained a mystery some maintained that she must have been lifted over by somebody others hinted at something more uncanny the most likely explanation is that it happened naturally that lizaveta accustomed to clambering over hurdles to sleep in gardens had somehow managed to climb this fence in spite of her condition and had leapt down injuring herself grigory rushed to marfa and sent her to lizaveta while he ran to fetch an old midwife who lived close by they saved the baby but lizaveta died at dawn grigory took the baby brought it home and making his wife sit down put it on her lap a child of god an orphan is akin to all he said and to us above others our little lost one has sent us this who has come from the devil's son and a holy innocent nurse him and weep no more so marfa brought up the child he was christened pavel to which people were not slow in adding fyodorovitch son of fyodor fyodor pavlovitch did not object to any of this and thought it amusing though he persisted vigorously in denying his responsibility the townspeople were pleased at his adopting the foundling later on fyodor pavlovitch invented a surname for the child calling him smerdyakov after his mother's nickname so this smerdyakov became fyodor pavlovitch's second servant and was living in the lodge with grigory and marfa at the time our story begins he was employed as cook i ought to say something of this smerdyakov but i am ashamed of keeping my reader's attention so long occupied with these common menials and i will go back to my story hoping to say more of smerdyakov in the course of it End of section 15